Hello, welcome back to another episode of Self-Development with Tactics podcast. And um, today we're going to go ahead with another book summary. It's going to be a good one. It's going to be an amazing one. And I do wonder why I'm all of a, ha- all of a heaven, yeah, <laughs> all of a sudden having a face cam. Um, as you might notice, I do hope that the audio is fine. I don't really know because I'm using headphones today. Just because I can. Just because this is what I do today. Um, but let's have a look at the samuelthomasdavis.com site um, and let's do it like this. I think it is better because then it acts like a light source here on the left my screen. Um, it's actually been one of the greatest things that um, that I'm having as an addition to the whole setup. Like having a screen productivity wise is amazing. Um, having it as a light source is amazing. So many great things about it. I, I really totally do enjoy it. Um, I still wonder though whether it does change the performance or alter the performance of my computer. I don't really know. I can't really tell. Um, but I would kind of say to, to, to a little bit. Should at least be the case. I think. I don't know. So there we have this. There we have that. The Gap in the Game by Benjamin Hardy, which has been the last one we went through. Or have I started another one? Well, I think I haven't. Um, it's been a really amazing book. So, or I think maybe, just really maybe, there might just be one on the very why not how, the formula to make your goals. Essentialism adds to one thing. Let's have a look at self-help books. I haven't gone through some psychology here. I gotta actually have to... No, I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. Um, let's... Um, Let's actually see whether there is a great summary of the 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. An amazing book around productivity, getting things done and still living um, while accomplishing quite a few things. Wikisummaries.org I don't know the site, but it might be rather amazing. Yeah, let's just, let's just head through it. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to to find here, but um, it is from the wikisummaries.org site slash the dash four dash hour dash workweek. Um, as you can see, it was published 2007. So um, the date was actually quite recent. So there was some anniversary gift thingy thing by Tim Ferriss, serving 308 pages and um, it's a very, 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 very um, famous book. Timothy Ferris. Uh, in English, there probably are several translations of the book. But yeah, 
After college, Ferris took a soul-sucking sales job at a tech firm. He left to start a soul-sucking business of his own. He went from working 40 hours a week for somebody else to working 80 hours a week for himself. He hated it. The pay was good, but the business left him drained. After learning about the Pareto Principle, more commonly known as the 80-20 Principle, Ferris had a rev revelation. He streamlined his business, eliminated distractions and automated system uh, and automating systems sorry, until it was not only more profitable, but also took less time of his. Much less. He took a mini retirement and then decided to write a book about lifestyle design, about creating a life that balances work and play, maximizing the positives of both. The 4-hour work week describes the specific actions Tim Ferriss took to implement these steps. This book actually is the complete embodiment of the 80-20 principle into an individual's professional life. The 80-20 principle is the idea that 80% um, of your productivity comes from 20% of your time and the other 20% of your productivity eats up 80% of your time. Ferris argues that by eliminating that 20% of productivity that eats up most of your time, you can live in much more efficient fashion and the entire book resolves around that concept in various ways, hence the title The 4-Hour Workweek. So in general, the Pareto Principle or the 80-20 rule states, 20, well, actually 80% of the work is done in 20% of the time, which means 20% of the work is done in 80% of the leftover time that you're having, or the leftover work, the 20% is done in 80% of the time. So um, double the amount of time, which is then 40 um, four times amount the time. Does this make sense? I think it does, kind of. Um, just quadrupling the time you took for actually a way, 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 way larger portion of um, of the work, 80%. Um, one of my favorite examples is tidying up your room. To tidy it up and make it somehow clean, it takes you 20% of the time. And it is pretty much tidied up, you know, it looks great, it is nice. Um, but it is not fully clean to uh, vacuum, to, to clean every single surface, to um, also, I don't know, um, look at every single drawer and, and reorganize everything. It takes a lot of fucking time. And this is those 80% of the time, which actually only make up 20% of the cleanliness, as I would say. Ferris argues that by eliminating that 20%, uh, of productivity that eats up most of your time, you can live in much more efficient fashion. The entire book resolves around that concept in various ways, hence the title The 4-Hour Workweek. In some ways, the book itself reads like a blog, as it's broken down into lots of little pieces. Some of the step-by-step -step advice, um, I'm sorry, some of them step-by-step -step advice, and some of them anecdotal, and some of them philosophical. The 4-Hour Workweek is divided into four sections, each of which explores one component to lifestyle design. Define your projects or objectives, decide what is important, set goals, and ask yourself, what do I really want? Eliminate distractions to free up time, learn to be effective and not efficient. Focus on the 20% of the stuff that is important and ignore the 80% that isn't. Put yourself on a low-information diet, learn to hunt aside interruptions and learn to say no. Automate your cash flow to increase income, outsource your life, hire a virtual assistant to handle mental tasks, Develop a business that can run on autopilot. 
liberate yourself from traditional expectations, design your work to increase mobility. This could mean working from home or it could mean using geographical arbitrage to take many retirements in countries which favorable exchange rates, which just means going to countries where the labor that you're seeking uh, to be done is way cheaper than in your region. Or um, go for students, go for some people that just really need the money and have a lot of time and are also really willing to, to get the work experience. Makes sense. Um, something at the time that I'm thinking about, you know, outsourcing quite a lot of tasks that I just, you know, really do not want to do anymore. Um, still being there as some sort of an, um, well, some sort of an, you know, giving guidelines, being there if there are any questions and so on and so forth. Um, yes. Automate your cash flow. This There we go. Right off the bat, the book makes it clear that you should pick and choose from the material presented within, and that is a vital caveat for any, or caveat, whatever, for any personal productivity book, but especially this one. A lot of information, um, as it is quite always the case in the internet, but not of uh, not not all of it, you know, maybe just only, I don't know, 10% of it is applicable to your life in brackets style. Step 1D is for definition. Most of the section is devoted to divorcing yourself from the idea of working yourself to death for a gold watch and a bat on the back. Instead, you should abandon a few concepts such as retirements as a holy grail and that absolute income is the most important thing, relative income, i.e. the amount you earn per hour of work is the most important thing in this book. The amount you earn per hour of work. These are assumptions that actually have a lot of uh, a lot in common with books like Your Money or Your Life and the Voluntary Simplicity Movement. Here is one key exercise from this section that's, uh, that really shows what he is talking about. Spend about five minutes and define your dream. If it is uh, if it wasn't for the things you had to do, what would you be doing with your life right now? Now we'll spend another five minutes and define your nightmare in as much detail as possible. What is the absolute worst thing that could happen if you followed that dream? If you take the dream and compare it to the nightmare, is that possible? Nightmare really bad enough to abandon your dream? From there, the book goes into a very detailed process of breaking down that dream into tangibles and seeing how close you really are to that dream and set up the reminder of the book, I'm sorry, the remainder of the book, which identifies things you can do to reach that dream. Um, I think it, it might have something to do with fear setting, which is something Tim Ferriss talked about in his TED talk, if I remember it correctly. Uh, really interesting TED talk, but yeah. Step two. Are we going to do this as well? No, we aren't. Um, what are my takeaways? What are things that I think are important to remember, important to think about and important to keep in mind? Um, really trying to make sure that you're working on those things that you should be really working on. And there's a ton of things and I'm doing the mistake very often myself, doing those things that are not really necessary. So what is really necessary and getting these things done or at least starting to do so. 
so that you're going to have a better time the next time and shit. So, yeah, one of the most important things I think there is. On the other hand, really indeed outsourcing. If you really have the capacities and also the money to spare, um, outsource things, you know, just don't fuck with these things. It's, it's fine, it's okay, it's whatever. But yeah. With that being said, I'm going to see you the next time. So, 